Good morning. Good morning, Matt Buchanan. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? All right. Good week. Yeah, it's been a uh, work-wise. It's been a really good week. Um, we've had a couple of new instructions. Uh, I think we've agreed three or four sales. But the best part is we've completed on eight properties so far. We've got another one for, for later today, so that's nine this week. Bringing our total to, I lost count now, I think it was 23 for the for the month. 23 uh, completions. 23 for the month. So it's been a really good month. Uh, probably joint uh, joint first with, uh, I think it was July, where we, like in terms of income. Um, so, yeah. So it's, What's, um, dare I ask? How much money you've had in the bank or not? It's been. Uh, What's your average fee? And I'll work it out for myself. Average fee is around about two and a half grand. And how many did you say you'd had? Twenty-three. So you're not shy off fifty k's worth of commission. I'm no. guessing. Yes, it's around about there. Watch this space. It's not a not a bad month, and then this this week. Not so a yeah, bad month. Not a bad month. <laughs> Have you been sniffing something? <laughs> it's like a, it's like your old salary for the year yeah, with the previous know, company. Yeah, do you know? So I had um, I was actually slightly gutted in. I think it was I think it was July um, because as as I could see the money bank, getting banked going up and up, I was like, right, I, I need to get to I think it was like fifty five grand because that would have matched what I'd made in the entire year when I was at Purple Bricks, and I was just shy from from doing that. So I was slightly gutted. But even though obviously we still made like a lot of money, it was uh, I think it was about four grand off what we'd have made in an entire year with PB. Um, Your brain definitely works differently. That's different. what you were focused on. Yeah, I said I like to <laughs> I like to set myself challenges. So like like the other week we um, I wanted to get my pipeline to I can't remember what figure we were. At. I think I think I wanted to get to well back in May we wanted to get to hundred and we did that in May. And then I've just, I just keep setting little targets and kind of pushing towards that. And obviously some stuff's out of my control, so it is just kind of luck. But, um, yeah, I wanted to get to uh, – we got to 170,000 the other week. And I said to, like, the, the guys in our office, uh, it's like, right, we need to get to 180,000. And it wasn't it wasn't really because it, it was for the money. It's so I could record a video <laughs> for social media going, 180! <laughs> oh, nice one. But it was good oh. because we had, we had too many completions, so our pipeline kind of plummeted. So we're at uh, where are we at now? About one hundred and thirty-five grand, which is good because it's none of it's fall through. It's, it's all stuff that's kind of completed. So it's been a really good, uh, really good month. Well, I'm anyway. taking it bad because do you know you know the little chart we have within EXP, and it comes out every Friday with your pipeline. Yeah. <sighs> I'm really pretty competitive. You guess yeah. that? You know that anyway. And um, my pipeline's always pretty healthy, but it's probably the lowest it's been since after the first six months when I started. So I'm looking at that and it isn't even the cash. It's just being down towards the bottom <laughs> more than anything and that competitive drive. But uh, I've got more than enough houses to go at anyway at the moment. I've had another three instructions this week. Uh, I'm on 14 live properties, which is way too many, and then another three to go on. Um, but it should give me a nice launch into the new year. Uh, but the big battle I've got at the moment is getting the more expensive houses away because I've positioned myself in the market to sell um, some of the higher value properties in the area. And unfortunately, there's just no buyers at the moment or it's really difficult. Mm. Yesterday was a tough day having to 
ring up customers and talk about price and see if they could reduce and and all of that sort of stuff so yeah it was a bit of a shitty day yesterday but uh just had a completion coming there better get the key in the back gate ready for that one uh so that's a good completion through but uh no pretty good very good um i was going to ask um with yeah so with, with the, the higher value homes so i'd i'd like to market just those but the, the market for the lower end is it's just so fast moving that mo most of our income comes from from those kind of lower ends i mean that that said so we, we completed on on one at 610 on on wednesday and in this area that's 610 is a lot of money um, but I've sold the most expensive house in Thornhill, the most expensive house. That's, uh, that's a famous place. Yeah. So six ten. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's heard of Thornhill. I bet, yeah, nobody will know where that is. Uh, the Kermit, I sold the most expensive. Another one. famous place. Is yeah. that even a place? Yeah. Just, just house that again. The Kermit. Okay. Have you never been to the Kermit? Uh, unfortunately, I have, yeah. Um, sorry to my West Cumbrian listeners. Um, <laughs> and I've also been to... Trapenna. Trapenna. Yeah. For the <laughs> people not from Cumbria, Torp and How, I think people think it's called. Yeah, that's how it's spelt, isn't it? But uh, yeah, Trapenna. Um, okay. Yeah, so yeah, Musoto. So we've got most expensive, the Kermit, Thornhill, Seaton, and probably in Workington. I've got one due to complete somewhere soon. So we've, we've done all right in the, in the higher value. But yeah, I think that the lower end market is, is what kind of moves along a lot faster. Um, just talking about with like kind of trying to ease down for Christmas. Are you doing like the Boxing Day launch? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I've been kind of sucked into that hype before with previous companies. I don't get too involved in it. However, saying that, I did mention to customers uh, regarding price reduction, some of my existing clients, that if they were going to do anything on price, it was pointless doing it now because there's just not that many people looking as you're heading into December. Um, but I think any price reductions will be done sort of between Boxing Day and New Year because there's a lot of people kicking around. People are on holiday, looking at crap on the internet, uh, making plans for the following year, things they're going to do. So it's often a good time to just trigger that price reduction brings it to the top of the right move searches and just gives it a bit of a lease of new life into the new year but i haven't got any properties that i'll be launching like hyping customers up about launching on boxing day um i know it's nicely packaged up and it's it's quite a good way around it but they'll just go on when they go on however once these three instructions i've got this week go on to the market i won't be putting anyone else on until the new year um because i just think it's a, a waste of those valuable first two or three weeks when they're live initially yeah i agree so i've been up to a couple of properties lately and if i've put up i am still putting some on now because because we, we're still getting we're still getting sales coming through and what i'm finding is there's fewer buyers out there but the ones that are out they are the more serious so i think in, in october we'd only did we did 28 viewings but we sold 26 houses christ and so there's there's fewer people looking but they are definitely still kind of looking for it for a reason but anyway that i'm going out to it depends on their time scale if they just want it whacked on then we'll, we'll put it on but if they're, if they're talking about waiting to the new year that's when i kind of bring up the the boxing day launch for the, the benefits that loads of people are looking online at that point so you get the you capitalize on that but then you get the jump start on the, the, all the others that are waiting to until january so hopefully by the time others go on they've already got an offer on there so yeah i'm not at the moment, I'm not actively pushing it on like social media or anything, but it is a discussion that I have in houses because I think it's 
it is something that's worthwhile. And as uh, if you put something on kind of now, if the, if the market isn't quite there for it, then yeah, the worst in that couple of weeks where it's a new listing and uh, with not so many kind of eyeballs looking at it at the moment. You did give me, because uh, I was on with a few conversations with customers yesterday, existing clients around price. Um, we had a quick chat about something you've got in place for that. Because obviously you carry quite a bit of stock. Are you what are you at forty live? No, no. So uh, I think we're around about kind of twenty, twenty three, something like that. Let me nice. look. Uh, properties uh, on market currently twenty three. Um, yeah, twenty three live. So at at times the most I've gone to is like just over forty, and that that is way too many. It's, it's hard to manage that many. So sweet spot. Probably maybe like between 20 and 30 is what I can like comfortably manage dealing with um, like the viewings and stuff like that. But obviously I've got I've got help with on arranging viewings. So it's not that part doesn't take up, take up loads of time, but it's, it's making sure that everyone's kind of happy. So obviously if you're not getting some viewings on, on some properties, it's having that conversation so that people know that you're still there and you're not just putting them right now and then forgetting about folks. So... Well, obviously, with having so many properties, I've got to manage that time really well. So one thing I do um, is I'll record regular Loom videos. So I'll give them a, an update on the market in general um, and then how their specific properties performing. And the benefit is like like Loom, it's, it's a little bit like when you have a Zoom call where you've got like the people on it, you've got your little face in the corner, but then you share your screen. So I can go through the exact stats of their properties. I can show them what's on the market, what they're kind of competing with. And it's nicely then packaged into a five-minute video. Um, you just send that over on WhatsApp? You just send it over on WhatsApp. And then it's it's it's, it's really good. Because um, I'm like a, a visual learner, so I like that more uh, because I can then kind of, you can see what's kind of happening rather than just having that conversation. And, uh, they can then see why you, you're kind of talking about potential price reductions and stuff like that. But I, I really like that. It saves me loads of time, and then I can follow it up with uh, with a call if needed. Uh, the frustrating part about that, I've had a, f a few clients where I'll send the video over, and they don't even acknowledge that I've sent it. They don't say thanks for that or anything, and it's frustrating, uh, especially if we're struggling. Do, you know, do you know what they're probably thinking? You've sent them a message saying you need to reduce the price by 25 grand. What they're going to do? Oh, thanks so much, Mark. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Mark. I really enjoyed receiving that message from you. Uh, could you send me another one next week, please? Yeah. Um, that's maybe where you're going wrong. To be fair, the, most of the feedback is is really helpful. And I've got one uh, price reduction, that, coincidentally, that is 25 grand on, uh, on Boxing Day. Um, just... So, but yeah, most of the time, it's not even just like out of the blue saying we need to reduce the price. It's kind of showing how the market setting it up. Yeah. Setting it up. If you're not getting the interest and then there's another property gone on for maybe slightly cheaper, you can say, well, that one's on cheaper. So we maybe need to look at potentially in the future, adjusting the price in line with market conditions, things like that. Um, so then it's not literally, because what I found, found in when I worked somewhere else, it was literally... Every so often, they'd phone around people, and literally, that, that was the conversation reduce your price uh, yeah. and nothing else. Uh, and the feedback from that I, I get about them is that that's all that they talk about is reducing the price if they're not getting it sold. So, but yeah, it's, it's a time saving thing, but you still need that phone call as well. 
I'm, I'm doing a lot more planning and sort of managing expectations and having with clients now a bit of a game plan. So if you're starting off with something at, I don't know, six, 600, 700,000, then if there hasn't been any sort of good activity on that property within the first, obviously maybe not the first week, but within the first month, four to six weeks, then at that point, I've already set that up to say, look, we're probably going to need to have a look at the pricing at that point. So really trying to have a little bit of an action plan um, and managing the expectations of the customer at the very start of the process so that when you do pick up the phone and you are discussing price, it isn't a huge shock to them. Um, but I think fundamentally, people often used to say to me when I worked on the high street, uh, what are you going to do to push my house? Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's all about sort of, it's, it's the price, uh, it's the property, the way that the advert looks and delivers, the content around it. But usually the main thing that we can control is the price. So I, one of the things that I, I've started doing that about sort of preempting potential price reductions at the very start when the market started changing. So it's basically, so they know that, well, we can try it at this, but ultimately it might end up being as low as this and it's hopefully it'll be somewhere in the middle. But um, I've lost my train of thought now. What, was, what were we talking about? I don't know. We were, we've missed out on our very uh, important topic what and I'm going to put you on the spot here. Well, that's why we're on the call, you do Uh Yeah, right. Hi, hi, Mark. I've been watching your success. I know you're a global superstar now um, and a millionaire over in West Cumbria <laughs> and you're going to buy Sellerfield. Um, but I'm looking to set up my own estate agency business and I want you to help me do that. What are the main things you're going to tell that person? Let's let's go for three different things. What would you be saying to someone that's on the high street, looking in, thinking, I want a piece of that? What would be the main three things that you would cover with that person when they got up and running? So let, let's say that basically they've already, they've already started, they've got all that like uh, email registration, all that stuff in place, and they're ready to yeah. get out the door. Yeah. So there's probably this... Yeah, so three things that I would be doing. So the probably the first one is getting in touch with um, friends, family, and probably existing clients that you've dealt with over like, maybe the last couple of years. Basically, letting people know what you're doing, uh, getting support from people, and but the thing is, you never know when someone's going to look to sell a house. So if you if you let like friends and family know, um, then. If that time comes, they're going to hopefully come to you and, and kind of support your your kind of new business, or at least tell other people about it. Yeah. Um, so existing existing clients, uh, uh, I suppose your existing network um, is probably How would you do that? How would you be doing it? Text. So, yeah. So I'd probably send um, texts out, and, and what you could do is you could send messages to people that you've you've worked with or for your friends, family. And just say that this is what you're doing and a link to maybe like your social media or something like that. You could send it to, if you've got a website, you could send it to that. But probably ideally social media, because that's the next part of what I think is absolutely key. So I've built pretty much predominantly my entire business through social media. So mainly through Facebook, uh, but I also obviously Instagram and now TikTok. But with... um, with social media, so what, what I would be suggesting people to do, especially in the early days when you've got no properties, um, so you can't share like new listings and stuff, but um, share 
tips on how to get the best price for your property, how to stage your property, anything to do with how to get your property ready to go to market, how to achieve the best price, that type of thing. Um, what I did, I'd share like video, uh, like videos or photos of where I was that day. So if I'd gone for, um, if I'd gone to do like a, a market appraisal at property, maybe in like St. Bees because it's on the course, you've got nice beach, I'd send a, take a photo and then say, we're out in this lovely location, where am I at today? And you get some interaction. And if people interact with your page, that improves your reach. So that will then appear in other people's uh, kind of feeds. Uh, and stuff like about personal stuff as well. So but what I found, I don't know if we talked about this last week or not, but what I found... Valuable, Mark, and it, I, honestly, I, I found the same as well. Personal posts yeah. get more engagement than anything else. Yeah, so me, like, what, one of my biggest posts for this year was the one that I did where me and Julie had gone away to Liverpool for the weekend for our, um, our wedding anniversary, and that got that reached nearly 100,000 accounts. Um and obviously that wasn't anything to do with property. So people generally like to kind of support you, really. And I think that's what makes us, this part we did definitely talk about last week, but that's what makes us slightly different to, not slightly, but a lot different to you just your corporates and other agencies where they're just like the the, the, the name of the company. We are the like the, the personal brand. And people like to see that what kind of who we are, what we're up to. And it's the personality that people kind of like because people – People buy from people, and if people like you from what you're kind of putting out there, that will attract the right kind of people to you that, that want to work with you. So, yeah, so anything to do with property um, or personal stuff, um, and you need to be posting, I, I think, probably at least three times a day. And I know some people have said, oh, I've done three times. It is. That, that's what you need to be doing. So some folk have I'm said, doing, um, I reckon I'm doing... Probably once a week, once maybe a week. twice. I find it's different though. That the longer you've been doing it, it is a little bit different. So when you obviously when you're first starting, you need to be like proper out there to to get recognised and, and be known. But what I found, I go through stages where I post less because I know if I post something, it's going to be making me busier, and I'm already too busy. So I'll adjust what I'm doing depending on how my diary is looking. Um, so at the minute, and, and sometimes I just don't have time to to kind of post stuff. But at the minute. The market's a little bit quieter. My diary's a, a bit quieter. So I'm posting a bit more because I've got the time to kind of kind of do that now. But social media is really kind of key. And one of the other things that you can do, once you've posted on there, you can share it into like local community groups and things like that. Um, or even commenting on posts. If people are asking questions about certain things, if you comment from, I think you can do it from like your business page. I mean, it's just getting your kind of name out there. Um, so yeah, social media is absolutely kind of vital. Um, That's probably the main one, I think, isn't it? I, I think so. It's it's completely free because I've never paid. You can, obviously, you can boost posts, you can uh, pay for like sponsored ads and stuff. I've never done that, so it's it's all like organic growth, and you you can invite all your friends onto your 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 po uh, onto your page. So we just this week actually we've hit four thousand followers, um, which I think is pretty good in in like three years. Um, since we started and then the other thing so once you've contacted like all your existing clients friends family you, you're starting to post and so <clears> yeah but that needs kept up to date the other part is direct mail so if i was starting now given like today's the first of december when we're recording this the market's quieter there's going to be people out there that aren't getting much interest in the property just yeah. because there's not many people looking 
So direct mail, so targeting the properties that are already on the market. We're really lucky that, um, so if, if, if we were like a phone shop, say, we don't know who's looking for a new phone, but as a state agent, we know who wants to sell their house because there's normally a board out front that says for sale. So you can target those ones where obviously you can have a, send a letter out. Um, we've obviously we've got a magic letter, but I'm not going to go through the content of the letter, but you send a letter out and then obviously people call, you can have a chat with how the marketing of their property is going, um, how many offers they've had, viewings and stuff like that. Just generally being interested and then Basically, you can then probably help them um, just by obviously providing something different. And we, I haven't done direct mail massively, but we, we got about 10 grand worth of fees just from um, probably about two weeks worth of letters when I started. And then it, it started getting momentum and I, I didn't need to do the direct mail kind of any any longer after that. But, but it, is, it is really powerful. And especially at this time of, time of year, because the market is slower, and because people are probably a bit more, I suppose, pissed off with the agents, maybe there's more chance that they're going to phone you to uh, to basically what you're about and, and maybe give you the opportunity to go out and provide something different. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of traction with the direct mail when I first started because we started at the same time. Um, I wasn't on Facebook. Uh, my first valuation and listing came from Facebook. I think I maybe got 100 people when I first launched or whatever on Facebook. But I sent out quite a few letters, uh, direct mail. And, and I think I, I think I probably got four listings off the back of that. Um, yeah. And off those four listings, it's a board up on a busy road. People at the time were like, who's this guy? He's got his face on the for sale board now. Like everybody's doing it. But it was quite new. Um, and then I, I got inquiries off the back of the direct mail letters and instructions. I got inquiries off the back of that. And it just snowballed from there. I think I, I paid loop a fortune for about 12 months. I never actually cancelled the uh, the direct mail. And then I just wasn't using it after the first sort of three to six months. But it was really good at the yeah. time. We were hitting the market just before... Was it just? Was it just after COVID? Just after COVID, wasn't it? I think yeah, September. Uh, it was around August twenty twenty. So like we'd we'd had the like the lockdown. Uh, things were starting to get back to normal. I don't know if we had another lockdown after that. Yeah, um, we did. We did. Um, yeah, but I I think we were fairly quiet. Obviously, running into nobody knew what was going to happen. So we were pretty quiet. I think running into November and December, and I can remember me and you like bricking it a little bit thinking is this going to work um but we were both sending out quite a lot of direct mail i know you were hand delivering them at one time i can remember speaking to you and you had those did you have black envelopes or something you used to write them on with gold yeah yeah so that's that's the other part with direct mail so obviously you can put them in a normal white envelope and it'll just like look like a normal like letter and it'll maybe said do your hormone or something and folks won't bother opening it so i i wrote had uh black envelopes with gold writing uh, with the address on and I hand delivered them because at the start I had loads of time because I didn't have much work going on and I had no money so I, I couldn't really afford to spend a fortune on posting these letters out so I, I went around the area and hand delivered them um, and I, like you I only did it for I think about three months and I still, still paid a loop for about two and a half years <laughs> um, and then it was like yeah maybe just uh, stop paying for that just now yeah, yeah, it is amazing. God, oh, mate, look, we're caning we're the time already. It's just oh, come up, 10 minutes left. So uh, just to summarise then, the three things that you would do, and uh, just picking up on the first point, I when I was looking at 
I'd been at Purple Bricks for some time, uh, four years. I was a territory owner there. And over lockdown, the stress and pressure was just absolutely phenomenal. And I remember having sort of sleepless nights. Um, and I woke up, I think, on the Monday morning and I rang it was Chris Dykes, who was the regional director at the time. And I just said, look, Chris, I'm done with this. I, I can't take it anymore. And the relief was incredible. Um, but then a couple of months down the line, I'm thinking, right, what the hell am I going to do with my life now? So started looking at different models. And it was actually through Ali Harper, who's now with EXP, who was at Keller Williams. And I'm kind of going round in circles here. But he was a big one for contacting, I think he said 10 people. Apologies, Ali, if I've got this wrong. But I think he said contact 10 people within your contact list every day. Uh, and let them know what you're doing. So obviously, I mean, I think I've probably got about 3,000 people in there. Um, but I think that's a nice little way, bite-sized chunks, where you can just work through a list, send a message, maybe with a link to a website. Um, but I think that's really valuable advice that just in your local community, get your name out there. Um, the social media for me is definitely the biggest one. I've never really maximized it just simply because I've been busy enough, probably from about six months into this journey, I haven't needed to be pushing four or five posts because you get more valuations and you just haven't got time to go to them. I know everyone thinks, well, that's a great problem to have, but there's only so many hours in the day. Um, and the direct mail definitely in the early stages of your journey, I think is, is a brilliant way to get your way out there. How you manage the calls coming in from our magic letter, uh, you've got to be quite skilled on the phone and you can get some customers that are a little bit pissy um but on the whole um they, they go down pretty well so yeah i had a couple a couple that, that yeah they weren't massively happy that i'd sent them a letter but it's yeah getting the getting the phone to ring is one one issue and then how to deal with that phone call is is a total other one um but yeah i i, I did quite well with that um and then I had one, it was on the market, obviously, with another agent. Um, they had, it was a separation, they had a, a, an exit free to pay, 260 odd quid. I actually, I remember. Paid, I paid that. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, I'll, I'll pay that for you, but we'll add it onto the fee at the end. So they, I was getting it back. But I took the risk because obviously, if I hadn't have sold it, they wouldn't have then done paying me that. Um, we tweaked the price ever so slightly because I think that one was in that 232. We changed it to offers over 230. It been on for I think six months and I sold it in three days. But that was up at the Highlands, wasn't it? it was up at the Highlands. Uh, in I've got, that's a good memory. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Um, um, with, with the like direct mail, so any property that's already on the market with another agent, if you then list that and sell that really fast, that is a massive like uh, a massive brilliant book. advertising, isn't it? Yeah, because because people are like well that was on with them they couldn't sell it. So I I had one last week. Um, it's been on the market for 14 months uh, at 270. I won't say we changed it, but 14 months at 270. We changed it to offers over at 260 because something needed to happen. Sold it for 290 um, in, in just a couple of weeks. So obviously, once that goes through, he would be delighted that he's, he's got it, one, got it sold finally, and uh, two, got like a, a brilliant price for it. But then that then leads on to getting more instructions because you become known as the person that other folk have failed and you've then succeeded. Um, you know what I want to ask about? So we've got those three points across. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about the myth, the legend, <laughs> Buck Buchanan. So just 
you know, like these CEO people, like um, they get up at like two o'clock in the morning. I think Mark Wahlberg's doing all that sort of stuff, isn't he? So just give me a little bit. And I want to ask you about something else as well. Forget about property. I just, this is more important and more interesting to me. So I'm just going to talk about it for the last five minutes. So tell me, don't fucking bore me, Mark, but tell me (laughs) how your day looks. Come on, what time are you up for? He's going to say five in the morning. No, so I've changed it. So I was getting up at quarter Disappointed. Half five, I get up now. Um, right. So I get up at half five. Um, I learn Spanish. I've been learning Spanish now for two years. So I do it every single morning. Mug bastard. Um, <laughs> it's weird because most of our holidays are to Spanish-speaking places like Canary Islands or Spain. Um, it's dead cool because I get to like like speak it and I can understand quite a bit now. But yeah, so I do... 10, 15 minutes of Spanish every morning. Then I go to the gym for about an hour and back home, walk the dogs, and then I probably start working at half eight. And I do that. Tell me about, tell, whoa, 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 backpedal, backpedal. Tell me about your gym routine, what you're doing. Gym routine. So I do um, four sessions. Uh, I do a two push, uh, two lower body, a push and a pull. Uh, so it's all focused on, well, at the minute I'm, I'm focusing on fat reduction, uh, for like fat loss before increasing my calories to then build some muscle. So I'm actually the lightest I've ever been for as long as I can remember. So I'm almost 10 stone at the heaviest. At my heaviest when I was, because I, I used to drink quite a lot. Uh, and at that point, my diet was absolutely terrible. Uh, and I was about 12 and a half stone. So I've lost like nearly two and a half stone over the last sort of 18 months or so. Are you still keeping the personal trainer in a lifestyle of luxury? Yes. No, no, so I've, I've altered that just with our, wow. personal, our personal. I do it. What have my personal trainer? Yeah. Is that? <laughs> right, okay. So then you get the dog sorted. Yeah, dog sorted. You're working. Half eight. What are you doing at half eight? Uh, half eight, just gym to start with all my uh, valve prep. So just putting all my comparables together, getting ready for my appointments, and then generally head out for the day. Uh, if I'm doing photos, Obviously, make sure everything's charged. Get back. I upload all the photos to to my OneDrive, and then Jack gets everything ready. Um, so I once I've done the photos, I don't deal with much after that until I just check that everything's right. Um, and then generally just on time, yeah. So is that every day? You're doing pretty much the same thing every day. Uh, Monday to weekends. Monday to Thursday, Fridays. I, I don't do any appointments. I use it as a catch up and to focus more on uh, like our rep share type bits. Yeah. And then weekends again, it's just a bit of a catch up. Uh, but go to the gym at eight o'clock for high rocks. Right. Come on, just quick. I did have a look. You know, you put something on the EXP Cumbria group, and I had a quick look at high rocks. So you're going to do a competition. I don't know whether I'm going to actually compete. So. Ultimately, that's that's what point. I'm... You're just running around in a big old circle and then pushing a sled. No, well, not quite. Some so... burpee jumps. Oh, fuck it, what's the point? Yes, yeah, so there's a lot of burpees in it. So basically, it's it's like a it is a competition based. But I, I don't know if I can be asked doing a competition. But it's because it's good cardio. It's a really good way to to start like the weekend because it burns like about seven eight hundred calories in that one session. Um, and yes, yeah, so there's a lot of running involved. Usually, like burpee jumps, stitch-ups, uh, maybe like wall balls, stuff like that. But it's a different each week. Um, but it's really hard. and it's It looks pretty pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, so you, you're hitting it up, Jim, what, five days a week? 
Oh, yeah, so Wednesdays I'll either just take a dog on a long walk or go in and do some cardio and core stuff. Um, so I'm in the gym five or six times a week. Right, just quick, deadlift? Deadlift. Uh, I haven't done deadlift for a little while, but round about... No excuses, son. 170 kilo. Jesus, and how much you weigh in 10 stone? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so... we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go back What, you benching? Uh, what benching? you benching? My upper body's crap. Um, so no I excuses. Only about 60 70 kilo. Jesus, but, with 170 deadlift, yeah, it's totally missing. You need to sort that imbalance that your personal treat you need to get a refund. Um, <laughs> so still at the karate, no, I didn't, it's like the, the kids decided that they were bored of it. So Bailey's a black belt, Morgan's next belt is black, so it's dead for straight. And I fought with them for ages to go, and it just wasn't worth the stress. So since they've stopped going, I've struggled to get into it, especially with being so busy with work. I haven't been for about three months and I, I do need to get back into it because my next belt is black. Um, so I am I'm trying to get my head back into that kind of space to be able to go back and yeah, just get involved. Well, in I'm, I'm back on the mats at Jiu-Jitsu. I'm the worst practitioner in Carlisle. Uh, just to hit up to my gym people at Raji Rollers. Once a week is all I can manage these days. But next week, we've got less than probably 10 seconds left. We've got a very... Special Very guest. Fun. Come on, hype it up, Mark. Yeah, quick. really excited to be speaking to Nicola Lusher, who started recently with EXP in Carlisle. She's got a brilliant backstory that we're going to learn about. Like War and Peace, we'll probably need two hours. Yeah, so yeah, so that's that's going to be exciting. So somebody who's just getting out of the traps, uh, getting the, the business started, so that'll be really interesting. 